You're listening to the P-Town Church Podcast. To learn more about our in-person services or additional sermon content like this, visit palcc.org. That's P-A-L-C-C dot O-R-G. Well, Seth mentioned we are trying to get to the end of Hebrews. We've got this sermon and then the one at the end of the year on the 31st which will get us through the book of Hebrews. That's 13 chapters of a constant reminder that Jesus is present in this world, that He loves us, that He is still King of kings, Lord of lords, that He forgives us, He has given us grace, He has given us mercy, He has helped us through everything that we might have to face in this world. And we need that reminder in times like these as we come to talk about the standards of Jesus here in the month of December and specifically the shepherd standards today. Now remember, the standard was the, the flag that was held up in the middle of war that people would, uh, that soldiers would rally to whenever they needed to regroup and prepare for another um, part of the battle that they were in. And I really feel like this is apropos for this time of year because it does seem like we're kind of in a battle against evil I mean, real evil. And part of the struggle that we're having right now is we have a deficit of godly leadership in our country right now. And I was disgusted about some of the stories that were coming out of Washington this week, but then thought to myself, why am I surprised? Because we have completely removed any godly standards or expectations that we would have of our leaders or those who would work for them. And why would we be surprised then at some of the stories that are coming out? Now, I'm not going to talk about it. It's just too, such an abomination when I think about it. But we need godly shepherds. And I'm so blessed to work with godly shepherds here. With men for the over 30 years that I've worked with who have understood how important it was to honor the Lord and serve Him. And since it's Christmas, uh, we are going to kind of talk about, well, we're not going to, we are going to talk about the shepherds to whom the angels appeared. We just sang about it. Because if God had an announcement to make all humankind, and He wanted that announcement to go forth, who do you think He would entrust with the task of spreading the good news? I would say if He was going to do it today, it would be Taylor Swift. Everyone knows Taylor Swift. She's got an army of Swifties. They can get the word out all over. And they're very emotional. I mean, if they get a ticket to her concert, you should see how they react. So they're very invested in Taylor Swift. I have nothing against Taylor. Uh, she uh, is uh, talented and she's been a success and, and um, um, happy for her in all of that. But when we think about who we would visit or who the angels might go to in order to make sure that the good news was spread, I wonder if we would think of those servants that work in the outdoors in the dead of night to protect and feed and clothe us. Some historians have suggested based upon their research that the shepherds of Jesus' day when the birth of His coming Uh, was brought forth, that those shepherds were unlikable and undesirable as a group of people because they lived outdoors and they were not able to come in and worship uh, like the others. They were unclean and 
And I don't know why we, why they, why historians have gone to all this trouble to characterize them as undesirable and unlikable. They were the backbone of culture. They fed culture. They clothed culture. They did a difficult job, a job that no one else would do. It was a dirty job. Mike Rowe would have uh, interviewed him if he were back in that day. So I hold a little different perspective on the first century shepherds in Judaic Palestine. They were not outcasts of society. They were the hard-working, blue-collar people, symbolic representatives of the nature of God. God described himself as a shepherd in the Old Testament. David said, I am, or David served as a shepherd before he was king. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The angels appeared to the shepherds because God chose them, especially for this job. Because they were bear witness to the angelic announcement and then the actual birth of the child. And those they told about this story were amazed at what they heard. You remember the verse, maybe you uh, have watched Peanuts, the Christmas special, and you'll hear Linus quote part of this. It's from Luke 2, verse 8 through 20, which says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and got into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, this might have been an insignificant blip on the whole of the course of history, but obviously it's important because Luke records the story of how the angels appeared to these shepherds and they immediately went to see if it was true and then they Proclaim this message everywhere that they went. The shepherd in the Bible was more often considered a positive helper when you look at it in that light. As I mentioned, King David, he was called to be a king when he was a shepherd boy. He wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And among the many things Jesus described himself as was a shepherd. The role of the shepherd was to keep the sheep safe in a hostile environment. And despite their own lack of self-destructive tendencies, which sheep had the tendency to have. 
They could have easily be, been eaten by wolves and follow the rest of the flock off the side of a cliff. And God has provided shepherds to lead us. And though the word in Hebrews 13, 7 through 17 is leader or ruler, technically not the word shepherd, the calling's the same. And that is to lead the flock through the hostility of this world and despite their own self-destructive nature to lead us to the still waters. It benefits the sheep if they consider the example of their leaders and follow them. It benefits the sheep if they have confidence in their leaders because they just want what is best for them. And we must be careful not to fall into the same trap as some historians and disrespect the important role shepherds play in our lives today, especially when we're talking about the leaders, the elders, the shepherds, the pastors. So let's deep dive into our text today. First of all, it says there in Hebrews 13, starting verse 7, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you and consider the outcome of their way, uh, consider the outcome of, their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Right out of the bat, the leaders have a job to do. They are to guide us and direct us consistently in the message of Jesus. They are not only to preach, but they are to practice what they preach. And we're to remember them for that. And here's why. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, Hebrews 13 continues. Not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate. And here's the important part. To make the people holy through His own blood, His sacrifice. Let us then go outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but, we have, but we're looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And have confidence in your leaders, and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account, and do this so that their, their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. I find it interesting that in our world in which we live, we have lots of leaders, people who volunteer to shepherd us. They may have some ulterior motive, and we see that played out often politically. But when we think about true leadership, we need to think about the leaders that we have in our lives, the ones that we look, for, that we look to, we consider, that we want to imitate, that we want to be like, that are mentors for us, that are setting a good example for us. And oftentimes we might bellyache a lot about those who are not doing a good job, that are false leaders, that are far, far away, and that's distracting us from the opportunity and the importance of considering those who are close to us that God has given to us in our life that He tells us to remember. 
So let's talk about the consideration of leaders, first of all. And the idea here is that we're to imitate those who represent Christ Jesus. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Now, those are all important parts of this verse. But I think it's important for us to remember that our leaders, our elders, our deacons, they spend countless hours serving this church because they care about you. They care about us. They want to help you make sense of the hostility you bear and disgrace because of this world by pointing you to Jesus, always pointing you to Jesus. Jack did an incredible job again this morning with the meditation. This year we have focused on the meditation. I've encouraged our men to realize that they're a central part of every church service. That if we're not gathering each Sunday and the focus fully on Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for us, we're falling short of our duty. But in order to offer these meditations, they have to bring to our mind the disgrace that Jesus bore for us at the cross and bring some context and some sense to us. And when they share these ideas, these words with us, it represents the mission and ministry of our church overall, and that is to always keep the focus on Christ, to honor Him, no matter what it is that we do, to Make sure that everyone is praising Him. So, I think it's important for us to show a little con consideration so that we don't get carried away by strange teachings because that's what happens if we don't consider the leaders that God has blessed us with and imitate their faith. If we're not imitating their faith when they're honoring God, when they're like Jesus being consistent in their life, being consistent in their witness, being consistent in their testimony, then we will likely be carried away by the strange teachings of leaders far, far away who consume us and whom the rest of the world seems to be consumed, what they think, what they say, what they do. We need to show a little consideration to those who are close to us so that we don't get carried away by those strange teachings that are far away. Because our leaders here help us understand that we have to bear the disgrace that Jesus bore in our own lives. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 through 25 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Why? So that we might die to sin and live righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus bore our sins so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. The message always is that we can die to sin and live for righteousness. And each time we gather around the Lord's table, we're reminded of the fact that we can die to sin and we can live for righteousness. We can be set free and cleansed in that very moment as we offer our repentance and confession to the Lord. And what a powerful experience for us. We just need to give a little more consideration of what that means for us and show some appreciation for those who serve us in that particular way.
we don't want to be like the rest who are going astray. We want to make sure that we are focused on our shepherd and the overseer of our souls. We have Jesus who has given us our elders as our leaders, as our shepherds, and together they work to make sure that our souls are focused on the eternal truth. The shepherd standard that Jesus provides for us is that Jesus bore disgrace. He suffered to make the people holy through sacrifice. And so by example, then our leaders do the same thing. They suffer to make people holy through their sacrifice. We need to consider that and be appreciative of that. The other part of the shepherd standard is Jesus bore disgrace so that we can look for a city that is to come. We celebrate what God has blessed us with, but we know this is not our home. We're looking forward to that eternal home that God provides for us through Christ Jesus. And even though we have to go through some suffering in this world right now, we can keep our eyes focused on that because we have good leaders, shepherds, who follow the standard of Jesus to help us look for the city that is yet to come. That's why we need to consider them more often than what we do. When's the last time you considered the leaders here at this church? When was the last time you thought to yourself, you know, I need to just say thank you for the things that you all do for us. And I appreciate that so very much. When's the last time you considered them and thought, you know, maybe I need to up my game a little bit in my faith, in my example? Not only are we to consider leaders, but we're to be confident in our leaders as well. And when we're confident in our leaders, then we can make an investment in them that's appropriate. There at the tail end of our verse, in verse 16, 17, it says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Our leaders have an extra level of accountability for God. The Bible says we will be judged more strictly when we teach. We are to be watching over those that are in our care. The Bible teaches us for our shepherds and our leaders. They have an extra level of accountability before God. So have a little confidence in them. They're just trying to help you get to heaven and overcome the disgrace of this world. And let them do this with joy because they just want, want, want what is best for you. Over this last year or two, we've really had to be creative and think about the direction of our church and how we can overcome the challenges that we have. And I think about the number of meetings that I have with the elders and deacons, our leadership team, our council over uh, the year and the opportunity that we have to set and think about how important it is for us to, uh, to help our people stay focused on what's important in our ministry here. Sometimes people make it a little more difficult for leaders to do that. And that's no, that helps you. That doesn't help you at all. So we need to have a little confidence and invest in our leaders because they just want what is best for us. They're just trying to help us discover the things that God has in store for us. 
They want to encourage us to continually offer praise to God. That's why the sacrifice of praise is so important as detailed in Hebrews chapter 13. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 through 4 describes it this way To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will also receive the glory of the crown that will never fade away. You see, our elders, our shepherds, they work for a crown of glory that will never fade away by being like Jesus. There's no personal profit. Obviously, there's no prestige in being a, an elder around here. So why don't we just invest our confidence in them? Because we know what they're doing is what is best for us. The standard of Jesus for our shepherds is they must sacrifice um, the praise of their lips as we openly profess His name. And I'm so thankful that we continue each week to encourage our people here to sacrifice the praise and the fruit of their lips as we openly profess His name. Today is especially um, encouraging and inspiring because there's something about Christmas songs that just grip us and get to our hearts. But our shepherds are constantly reminding us that it's God that needs to be praised. It is His name and His doing that needs to be honored, not their own. The other shepherd standards that Hebrews talks about here is our sacrifices to do good and share with others because this pleases with God, or this pleases God. So all of our effort in this life is to understand that we can share and do good for others. This honors what God has called us to do, knowing that God will take care of all of our needs as we do that. We've been so blessed with leaders like this over the years who've demonstrated what it's like to do good and share with others. Now our leaders follow the example set for us by the shepherds who are visited by the angels. Those shepherds confirmed in their own experience what they were told and then glorified and praised God for the things they had seen. And we do all this because we follow Jesus as our good shepherd. Remember what Jesus said about himself in John 10, 11 through 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. For over 30 years I've worked with the elders and deacons and trustees of this church family. The elders serving when I first came were Virgil Combs, Reb Fraley, Tom Hayes, Frank Nichols, Bob Wilson, and Jack Wine. Our elders I serve with now are Alan Ayette, Jerry Osborne. Osborne, sorry, I didn't burn you again. 
I've trusted these men to guide this church family until the Lord returns. And I'm thankful that I've had a wonderful relationship with all of these men over the, these years, including the many deacons that we've served with and our trustees. The reason we do it is because we're following the shepherd standard. We follow it because it helps us survive the hostilities of this world through holy sacrifice as we look forward to heaven. And we can have confidence in our leaders because of that. And the shepherd standard they follow is to help us survive our own self-destructive decisions through praise and purpose, good and generosity. The wonderful thing that can happen when we're in church service is that all the things we've done during the week, all the bad thoughts and bad acts and, and bad attitudes that we've had, we can correct when we come and we praise the Lord and we're reminded to be good to others and generous with others. Now, there are some false leaders out there in the world, obviously. Bad shepherds who are like the hired hands Jesus talked about here. They're just in it for what they get out of it, money or prestige or power. The problem is they will abandon us when attacked by wolves, Satan. And sometimes even support Satan himself. They run away from the battle because they are phonies. The difference can be easily spotted by considering whether they are laying down their lives to do the work of Jesus or they're calling you to lay down your lives for their power and prestige. We are very, very blessed to have men, elders and deacons and trustees who serve us and teachers who teach and lead our little ones we're so blessed to have people like that, and they don't ask anything from us. But God says in His standards for the shepherd, we should at least give them a little consideration and put a little confidence in them. And to let them know how much we appreciate the work that they do among us, because we know they're just trying to protect us from our own self-destructive tendencies and from the wolves that are out there seeking to devour us. So, before you leave this place today, I want you to find a leader, an elder, deacon, one of our teachers, especially those who work with our children, and you tell them, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for serving us like the Good Shepherd. Thank you for helping us stay focused on Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful today for this gathering. For every person who's come into this room, I pray these words will bless them and strengthen them and encourage them. I ask, Father, that as I've encouraged the people here to do, that you will move them, inspire them to find a leader today and just say thank you for what you do for us. And that we spend more time considering the good things that our leaders do for us and we put confidence in their leadership because they're just trying to get us home to you and until that time to get us through the disgrace that we bear in this world. They're reminding us to praise you 
the fruit of our lips and to continue to be generous and kind to those who are around us to do good to one another. And Father, I pray for this church and for our future and for the faith in which our leaders have stepped out in. And I pray that you would honor that and bless that with growth here, with new families of every age who come in and who are eager to praise along with us, who are eager to do good in this world and be generous to others, who need help overcoming the disgrace that we bear in this world because of sin and sorrow. I pray your blessing upon this church with that kind of growth. Father, I personally want to thank you for our leaders, for Jerry and Alan, for Andrew and Jason, for Dave and for Randy, for our teachers, Velvet and Aaron, our preschool leaders, Zoe and Joyce, who are back there today, Cheyenne, Mary, Tanya and Chris. Thank you for giving them the desire to serve you. And I pray that they might be encouraged knowing that as they abide by the shepherd standards described here in Scripture, that they're honoring a very important task that must be done to help the sheep who so easily go astray. May they be encouraged in this day by those who might express their thanks, but Lord, more so blessed by you in their lives for their service to this church and to your kingdom. And we make this our prayer today in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And let all God's people say,